You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus folks The people of this nation have spoken. They've delivered us a clear victory, a convincing victory, a victory for we the people. We've won with the most votes ever cast from presidential ticket in the history of the nation, 74 million. You have protected the integrity of our democracy. And to the American people who make up our beautiful country, thank you for turning out in record numbers to make your voices heard. Holy shit. We did it. A few months back, I had a thought. Well, more than a thought, the beginnings of a plan. What if the theater community and theater people alike came together and used what they inherently have within them, that activist voice? And what if we use that voice and those powers to keep the House, take the Senate, and win back the presidency this fall? And what if I put together a limited series where every other week we give you an action plan and an artist slash activist to inspire you to go out and get to work? Well, let's do it. I'm Eric Uyoa, and this is Do You Hear the People Sing? A theater person's guide to saving democracy. Oh! And if you're here to re-elect Donald Trump, well, you just lost. After what has felt like an eternity, we now see the sun finally setting on the Trump administration and set to rise on a much better day. It rises on a president who understands empathy and who understands the ideals of hard work. A president who won't ridicule anyone who speaks against him, but will listen to any and all ideas in search of the perfect one to better help Americans. The sun also rises on the first black and Indian female vice president, the daughter of immigrants, someone you can point to and say, yes, in America, incredible things are still possible. And they will lead us at a time that will be remarkably painful not only tending to the wounds caused domestically and globally by the Trump administration, but the wounds of a country that has lost hundreds of thousands of souls due to utter negligence and arrogance. A country attempting to win back its grace. Now look, 
We are the United States of America, and so we do have to unite and find a path forward together, which will be strained at first. I, I have no fantasies about the realities we face presently. 70 million people chose what that man offered and ignored rampant death and laughing in the face of it. Nah, I could do a whole pod of those grievances, but that's not going to help this country heal. And we're at a place now where we need to heal. We have to heal. If you're still retweeting this soon-to-be former president and going at it on Twitter with members of his corrupt administration, I have to ask, what is the endgame? Do you think they're actually listening to you, or are you just feeding oxygen to a fire that needs to be suffocated and allowed to die? Narcissists and those who follow this man like their cult leader live and die by your attention, and on January 20th, he no longer decides what goes on in this country. He's just another angry old white man tweeting out hatred on the toilet during his morning shit. The promise of what we have ahead is so exciting. As newly elected Congressman Richie Torres taught us all on my pep rally, we stand at the brink of an FDR moment. A moment where we can reshape the country to make it fairer and more equitable for all. We are being handed smoldering ruins and so we have to rebuild no matter what. The question is how we rebuild what we fortify these walls with. Now that, that is the next step in activism. How do we stand up for the country we wanna see and empower the leaders we work so hard to elect? That involves us paying attention and not sitting back, attending town hall meetings and pushing on our party leaders as hard as we push against Republicans and the former president. The moment we relax, we lose. Now for these past 10 episodes, You've heard from an incredible lineup of artists slash activists about that moment, the calling, the second they stood up and decided to fight for something outside of themselves. And with the words of Javier, Jose, Cody, Tom, Jerry, Rachel, Jalon, Elisa, Lisa, T. Oliver, Warren, Brandon, Marty, and Moises, you saw that it isn't that hard. It isn't that scary. Look, I said it from the get-go, and I say it in the credits of every episode. These tools are inherently in you. It's all about if and when you choose to use them. And so for this final episode, the one to set you out the door, inspired, is you. I reached out on my social media platforms for listeners who have used the podcast during this election cycle and actively involved themselves in the 2020 campaigns. And I invited some of them as my final guests. Because at the end of the day... This was never about me or my ramblings or my thoughts on things or even the guests I had on. It was always about you and how you'd grab that spark and create a blaze. So without further ado, here are some incredible activists. Hi. Hi. <laughs> my name is Lara. My name's Trey. I'm Vernon. Hi, I'm Dan. My name is Erica. Hi, this is Jason. And I am an actor, singer, theatrical animal handler, and writer. And I am a wedding planner, an author, and a playwright. Theater director, a fight choreographer, and sometimes video editor. I'm a theater producer, I'm a performer, and I'm also a student studying politics at NYU. I am a retired musical theater performer and a current academic administrator in higher education here in New York City. I'm a professional classical singer and choral director, and my muggle job is as a legal assistant. I first wanted to know, 
were we able to do something here? Did, did, did you learn something? Did you have any takeaways from the pod series? So one of the things that um, I've learned from the podcast and that I will carry with me is that activism takes so many different forms. I think for a while, and I'm not sure why, but for a while I had definitely made myself believe that to be an activist, you need to be doing something or accomplishing something that is worthy of praise, worthy of the history books, that it has to be Herculean in size. And that just isn't true, um, that it can be just as simple as making sure that you and your extended family, your chosen family, all have a well thought out voting plan um, to you know, make it through the election. Um, and that small contributions matter and they don't always have to be monetary. I did not have an enormous amount of disposable income um, as an educator, but I do have my intellect and my time and energy that I can give to these causes uh, that can stack up and contribute in some measurable way. The thing I've loved the most about it is through every episode, there's just an overarching theme that there's always a way to use your power for good, not evil and make um, positive, productive choices with the creative gifts that we've been given. And, you know, it feels like they're stifled right now, but there's definitely ways to use them uh, in our community and at large. Also has given me an opportunity to explore certain parts of my life. For example, the Dear White People episode as a producer, as a cis white man, to open up my eyes and my ears about an industry that I was looking at from a very, very different and unfortunately uh, myopic purview. So I'm so grateful for that. And it has helped me, it helped to motivate me to get in, to go to school, to study politics, in particular civil rights, and uh, to acquire the tools necessary for me to get into quote, unquote, good trouble. I think maybe the biggest takeaway I took from this was um, it's just this shot in the arm of affirmation about artists, performers, and why we do what we do, how quickly and ably we can respond when we are needed. Because, you know, a lot of us who went to school and, and you know, have degrees in, in some form of art or music, um, we learn how performers and composers have always drawn attention to the plight of others or to political matters or to wars, things that really have an impact on the world. And that is, that is part of our function. It's like we are the first to get cut from most budgets and yet we are the most essential to life and to having a life well lived for just about anyone. And that's, that's part of how we contribute is not only do we give the music and the catharsis and the live performance that our audiences enjoy, but we contribute to the world as a whole by our activism, by creating new work to be enjoyed for generations to come, and by bringing others together in a way that is helpful and meaningful. There seems to be more of us than of them. And that was something that I found very difficult to always wrap my head around during this time because we were constantly seeing images of rallies and whatnot of the other side showing up in big groups and in person while we were living our lives in a more virtual and safe way. So I took a lot of comfort in realizing just how many of us there were. 
Were you involved in the campaigns? Was this your first time doing something or anything like this? This was the first time I got physically involved in an election. Uh, besides this podcast, I also am a big fan of Crooked Media. And as someone from Florida, I joined their Adopt-A-State program and adopted the state of Florida to help flip. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but it still felt great putting in the effort. Uh, I phone-banked uh, to help elect Joe Biden in the state of Florida, as well as other down-ballot candidates. I wrote some postcards and I did some text banking uh, in in my free time, so that was that was also pretty poignant. We did a few things. Yeah. Uh, we wrote postcards. Uh, I did some canvassing in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I also worked for the Democratic table uh, for the drop-off days uh, because Pennsylvania is uh, okay, Trey, early. what county was that in? It was in uh, Allegheny County. Allegheny County? Yes. Oh, Allegheny County. You know, the county the that county. may have put Joe Biden over <laughs> the edge. <laughs> Just uh, had to do a little humble brag for our but, home county. Well, speaking of Allegheny County, the last thing we did, and I think what sort of felt like the most important thing that we did, yeah. is we yeah. were poll workers on election day in Allegheny County outside mm-hmm. of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Laura was a... What was your title? It was fancy. Uh, inspector. The best inspector. No, you were the majority inspector. <laughs> the majority inspector, not the best inspector. I was the, the inspector. majority clerk, and we had to look up uh, what those things actually meant. Yeah, but it basically meant I was your first point of contact. Like when you walked into the big gym, the high school gym, you did not do West Side Story, but you instead located your district. There were four districts, and um, you would come up to me and tell me your name, I would find your name in the book as a registered voter, and the book would inform me whether I needed to check your ID, whether you had already sent in a mail-in ballot, uh, which meant you would have to surrender your ballot to me or vote provisionally, um, or if you were inactive, which meant you hadn't voted for a while, we had to do some paperwork, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So you had to get through the gatekeeper, which was me, to have my assistant hand you your actual ballot. Once you filled out that ballot, then... Well... They filled out the ballots in these sort of privacy screens. Yeah. And then every single ballot had to be scanned into a new scanner this year in Pennsylvania. Uh, so since it was a new process, they needed someone to be in charge of the scanner. That was my job. Uh, I assisted them in putting their filled out ballot in the scanner. I couldn't handle their ballot. I had to very gently explain to a lot of different boomers <laughs> how to put a piece of paper into a into very a specific scanner. scanner. And then uh, the delight of my 14-hour day was being able to give them their I Voted stickers as they were leaving. I did notice that he uh, may have stolen a bunch of them. So Not ballots, the stickers. <laughs> I did not steal ballots. There was no ballot stealing, no rigging of the election, but I did find a roll of I Voted stickers in our house. So. Uh, you know, that might come in handy someday. I got to have some conversations with uh, family members and friends from where I grew up or from my past that were meaningful and educational for me because it's, it's very tough to say, you know, screw everybody who likes Trump. It's, 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 it's sometimes it's easy to say that, but it's not because this is, you're talking about my whole family practically. And it was, a, it was a difficult concept for me to get my head around for a long time. I had one really special moment uh, when I was speaking to this woman um, in Nevada. Uh, she 
was so effusive uh, when I asked her who she was going to vote for. And she said, Joe. And she couldn't speak very well. She, um, she was attached to an oxygen tank. And uh, she just wanted to make sure that she was able to give me as much breath as she could for this cause. And uh, it still makes me tear up when I think about that conversation. One of the magic moments that I had as, you know, a newly formed political activist is I just got language that I could use, um, you know, bite-sized language, digestible language to talk to people in my own life who might have been on the fence. Um, you know, at my job, I do mentor several students and a young man uh, of color who is so, so disenfranchised with the way that this world treats and views us was thinking that he wasn't going to vote, um, that he didn't want to contribute to a system designed to marginalize and tear him apart. And I told him, look, risk it, see, go ahead and vote. And, you know, if the result is what we're hoping for, you'll know. Um, and uh, he I think he took those words in. He let them simmer and cook. And he did text me a proud picture from the uh, voting polls on Election Day. Um, he said it was like, I just made it by, by closing time. Uh, but I did vote. And then after the long election cycle, he texted me to say, you were right. It didn't matter. What did it feel like when you heard that Joe Biden won the election? I was in my apartment here in New York. I was working on my philosophy midterm. And all of a sudden I heard clanging and screams and shouts. And I'd been watching the news religiously since the election. Um, and uh, waiting for that moment. And to hear that ovation was one of the most beautiful sounds I'd ever heard in my life. I cried. I'm sure most people did. I was actually waiting for a friend to pick me up. We were going to have a little socially distanced drink at uh, some outdoor wineries, tastings rooms. And uh, it was it was such a great day to be day drinking with friends. I can't even describe just how elated I felt um, and proud because I had more of an effort uh, or I put more of an effort into to making this happen. When we were looking at the CNN screens and understanding that that Saturday morning there was going to be a dump of votes from Philadelphia and a dump of votes from Allegheny County. Mm -hmm. And once that dump came in, in the very, very county that we were working in, Joe Biden was uh, deemed... Um, you just said dumped three times. I was able to take a deep breath. I think probably the first one that I've really been able to take since election night in 2016. And I was just so thrilled to know that integrity and dignity and character won out over a mentality that has been gaining traction and come out from the shadows and has been in power for quite a lot of years, um, directly and also covertly. So I was just so thrilled to know that this process does work. Again, that our voices do matter and collectively we can change the direction of the country. What do you have to say to those who are still on the fence about getting involved? Get involved. 
Get involved. It feels great. Doing service feels great. Also, we as citizens in a democratic state, this is our responsibility. We are the ones who can help to shape and mold our country. I think something that I would say to people who are on the fence about getting active, getting involved, or you know, sharing their political views, um, maybe shying away from debate in the past, is that, again, your contribution can start off manageable. It does not have to be monetary. Um, and you can use what you got to shape the world that you want. Um, and you just never know who is watching your journey and being inspired to start their own. If you are still on the fence about your own level of activism, even now, post-election, and it feels so good to say that, post-election, <laughs> as a white cisgender woman, it is, it is part of my job to speak up and to act for people who aren't being heard or protected as well as I am, as well as that girl in South Florida was. It's part of my job to bring people out of the woodwork and to express to the world why we feel the way we feel, why it is right, and to bring people along for the ride. It felt great that Joe Biden won, but it has been disappointing to see that we didn't win in other places that I thought we would, such as Senate and House races. And so it just shows that there's a lot more work to be done and we can't stop now, even though Biden won. So let the fight continue and uh, and may we, we may our victories continue to grow. I feel like it feels better to, um, instead of just ringing wringing one's hands and worrying about, oh my God, is he going to get elected again? Yeah. Uh, we spent the whole day actively working towards making sure that every vote was counted. Totally. Instead of just wringing hands. So if you're someone whose anxiety is sort of through the roof just about the future of our nation, if you get involved, uh, I, I truly feel like our anxiety went down because we were active. Absolutely, because we went to bed that night and we said we rolled over and looked at each other and we're like you know what we did what we could we maybe could have done more but we did what we could and now it's out of our hands and that's a beautiful feeling i want to give a massive thank you to the rest of you out there the listeners who have taken this all and run with it you've reached out to me countless times and each interaction has meant so much as i see how deep your passion for change is and has become throughout this whole cycle Keep going, keep running, keep doing it. We have a runoff in Georgia that will determine if we hand the Senate over to President Joe Biden with a Democratic majority, or if we keep it in the hands of Grim Reaper Mitch McConnell, who has proven that he doesn't give a fuck about the American people whatsoever. And guess what? These are two very winnable races, as we just proved that Georgia has in fact become what? Blue. So head over to www.gasenate.com www.gasenate.com and find the many ways you can make this a reality. We need this. I want to thank all the incredible guests who stopped by and shared their time, their voice, and their passion. You have now created a series that anyone can turn to and inspire themselves via the power of your story to get out there and change the circumstances. And that's 
amazing. Now, my final thank you goes out to one who made it all happen. And that's my producer, Jamie Dumont. I came to him early in the pandemic and I said, we have a whole community out of work and an election that we have to win. And I have an idea for a podcast to do just that. And without even hesitating, he just said yes, because that's the wonderful human he is. And our collaboration on this has been a light in so many dark times faced this year. And I am so proud of what we created, my friend. Here's to the next one. I never like to say goodbye because who knows if a bonus episode will arise with a guest that I can't help but keep from you. So I'll say till we meet again. And the powerful words of the Dead Poet Society, no matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Make your lives extraordinary. Well, that's our series. Thanks for listening and don't forget the work never stops. So go get out there and get to work. Also, please consider making a donation to Fair Fight at www.fairfight.com. Stacey Abrams just allowed us to turn Georgia blue and now we got a Senate to win. So let's drop a few coins and make this happen. Do You Hear the People Sing is a production of the fabulous Invalid LLC and the Broadway Podcast Network. Today's episode was edited and engineered by Kyle Moore. Our theme music is by Brett Ryback. Our photography is by Michael Kushner. And our graphic design is by Aviva Sakala-Shahar. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.